License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. It's 5.03. We hope you're having an excellent afternoon. Tiger is here producing. One of the stories we're discussing is a debate underway among state lawmakers in West Virginia. They have a proposal that would give elementary public school teachers the power to remove a student from class if the student is unruly, disruptive, or violent. And uh, so we're getting your thoughts on this. This problem is not isolated to West Virginia. It seems to be occurring all over the United States. Fred is in North Austin. Hey, Fred, welcome. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Very well. Welcome, Fred. Thank you. Yes, yes. So I, just, I don't want to take up too much time, so I'll just get dive right in. Uh, what I told the screener was that uh, for me, uh, raising my children was a matter of faith, uh, you know, faith in God. And I'm, I'm a Christian. Obviously, they don't have to be Christian. be Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, whatever. But there has to be some form of faith that gives them uh, a basic understanding of right and wrong. And then it goes home. The parents have to step up and do their job, which a lot of parents are, are not doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I was walking my daughter to, to school one day, and uh, there was a guy walking with his son. And he told his son, if anybody busts it to you, just punch him. Mm. And I was like, wow. I mean, it's like elementary, ain't like four or five years old, just telling kids to punch somebody. And I think that that's what we have lost. Now, most of my kids are growing out of school already, but they knew if you get in trouble, just like I knew, if I got in trouble, I got in trouble at school and I got in trouble at home. And it was going to be everything up to and including corporal punishment. Mm. And so I knew better than disrespect <laughs> my teachers, uh, preachers, any adult, period. Yeah, you, know, you know, my mom said, if they're wrong, you come home and tell me, and I'll deal with it. And that's the same thing I told my kids. You listen to them, you come home and tell me, and I'll deal with it. And there's some times I did have to go deal with it, but for the most part, if my kids are wrong, they got it. And that's what we're missing these days. How do we turn it around, Fred? I, I don't know. You know, when, when, you know, so many people are not going to church anymore, so many people are not, uh, you know, I, I see it all the time. It's, it's, I don't know, they're kind of like freestyle parenting where they're just, Kind of let the kids run around and do whatever they want. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know how we turn around, but it, it, we, I mean, the parents, we, we got to start holding the parents accountable. I think that's what has to happen. Uh, the parents have to be held accountable, and, and then maybe we can get something done. Fred, have a great afternoon, sir. Thank you. You too. All right, Bye-bye. bye-bye. 512-836-0590. I am just trying to figure out at what point did it become parents didn't want to parent anymore i know i I remember like towards the end of my high school years there was a lot going towards well the better parenting style is to be their friend never flew in my household uh (laughs) is to be their friend are we is, is that how we got here is that how parenting has changed that parents are too afraid to discipline whether it is a bad reaction or maybe they they'll hear it i mean and it, 
they'll hear I, I hate you or you're a bad mom or you're a bad dad. So not to hear those words, we just placate them every step of the way. I think that is one factor among numerous factors that are contributing to this trend. Let me tell you, if anybody need, I mean, needs to hear this, my mom and I, we fought every single day that I was growing up through high school. We adore each other. It works out in the end. You're not meant to be best <laughs> friends when you're in their same house. <laughs> I just don't think that that's possible. And now when you reflect on that time, do you understand why she was doing what she was doing? Oh, absolutely. It was for, one, my protection most above everything, but also to make sure that she was teaching me how you're just supposed to act as a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 512-836-0590. I would give mom an A+. Plus. I will, too. I'll give her two pluses after that <laughs> A. We also want to get your thoughts on the big announcement by Senator Chuck Schumer today. He says that border bill will be released tomorrow, the full text of it, or Sunday at the latest. This is the package of money and changes that they have been negotiating in secret for months. Schumer says it's going to come out tomorrow or Sunday at the latest, and we will vote on it on Wednesday of next week. And he says it will also include money for Ukraine. So it's Ukraine and border money, according to Chuck Schumer. And boy, has that sparked a response on social media from representatives, from senators. Um, And just to sum it all up for you, what I've read so far from these different people is in no way is that enough time for us to read the text that y'all have been working on for months in secret. It's just it's just not enough time. Here's Republican Senator Rick Scott of Florida with his thoughts on the matter. Well, first off, they don't care about the House. I mean, they want to try to cram this down. This I've been up here five years. Here's how it works. Since Biden took office, Schumer and McConnell get together. They decide a bill. They don't give us any time to review it. Right. They give it to us, expect us to vote on it that day. And if you don't vote for it, then you don't care about that issue. So this timetable would give them, let's say if it comes out Sunday, they get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to read it, and then they'll have the vote on Wednesday. If it comes out tomorrow, Schumer's giving them a couple of extra days. Senator Ted Cruz offered his thoughts on this deal. He says based on what he's hearing, he's a no vote. This Senate deal is a bad deal. I've made this case repeatedly to my Republican colleagues. The Speaker of the House has been unequivocal. This bill will not pass. It's dead on arrival in the House. And I said to my colleagues, all right, if it's not going to pass the House, what the hell are we doing? Now, the Wall Street Journal is continuing to report that one element of this bill says that up to 5,000 illegal crossings per day will be permitted before it triggers stronger actions to try to close down the border. 5,000 per day. Senator Lankford, who is one of the three Senate negotiators on this, has called that an Internet rumor. But it, it still keeps being reported and spread, Melinda. Yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, we're not going to know what it actually says. And and you can, we. this is the difficulty in trying to believe politicians when they speak. 
Langford may be correct. Maybe it doesn't say 5,000. Doesn't mean it doesn't say Mm -hmm. 4,999. And that's the thing is there should be enough time given, not only for the senators and the representatives to read the language of the bill, but I would even take that a step further. There should be a period of time that they have to post for the American people to read the bill and react and have some feedback with their representative before it is brought to the floor to be voted on. And remember also, this one's going to be done with no types of hearings. Normally on something this important, there would be a series of hearings. You would bring in Border Patrol agents and get their opinion. You would bring in others. Uh, That's not happening here. This was put together behind closed doors, and now we'll have a few days to read it and vote. Because they don't care. They don't care what Border Patrol officials want or need. They don't care what the American people want or need. All they care about is if they get the money and and hopefully maybe they can have a little bit of something in there to go and sell to their people. 512-836-0590 to join the discussion. It's 511 with Mark and Melinda. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. One of the big stories we're discussing is the announcement late this afternoon by Senate Leader Chuck Schumer. The bill for more money for the border is almost finished. The text of it will be released tomorrow or Sunday at the latest, and then there will be a vote on Wednesday of next week. He says they will also tie it in with more money for Ukraine. The Hill.com is reporting that the Democrats on Capitol Hill are becoming more angry about this bill that's being negotiated behind closed doors, specifically the Congressional Hispanic Caucus and the Progressive Caucus are now up in arms that they have been cut out of those Senate negotiations. And they say they're furious that the emerging bill is excluding their key Democratic priorities. Their priorities are more protections for people seeking asylum, a pathway to citizenship for illegal immigrants already in the country, particularly those who were children when they were brought here illegally. And that's why this growing number of Democrats in Congress are starting to rebel over this Senate-negotiated bill. I I have no issue with them rebelling, rebel away, because I just don't, I just don't have the faith that that bill is the answer that the majority of us are seeking. And as far as them saying the dreamers, how does that help what's going on right now? How does that help border security? That's the issue. A lot of people right now that say immigration is their number one issue, it's not because they're looking for reform. They're looking for secure. Mm Mm-hmm border how does that help and i i'm afraid that whatever is going to be put out there none of it is securing the border it's just saying well you know we we realize the numbers that we've had are bad so we're just we're going to make sure that they don't ever reach that level again and then voila it's fixed everybody should be happy right 
you could argue that the priorities for the Democrats in Congress would increase the giant magnet pulling people to the country right now. If they hear, oh, there's a pathway to citizenship if you just get in the country, that intensifies the attraction, the pull. There's polling out on all of this today out of the seven key battleground states. Bloomberg did this polling over the last couple of weeks, and this issue of the border and illegal immigration has been going up and up the ladder of priorities for voters in these key seven battleground states. We're talking about states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, others. Many of these are far away from the southern border. But this issue of the border and immigration is right there at the top now, or number one in some of these states, according to Bloomberg's polling. And I, th- you have to think that that is because the issue was taken from just being on the border to being dispersed throughout the nation. All of these places that usually and probably most likely voted for what we're seeing now are now having to come to the realization that that's not sustainable and it's not the smartest way to go about immigration. It was brought to their doorstep before. It wasn't their problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it never is it going to have a, a cause or effect on them. That only affects the border towns. And now they're seeing just what an impact it has. And they've got the tiniest fraction of what the border town states see. Yes. Now, this battleground state polling also shows that over 60% of voters in those states say President Biden is primarily responsible for this problem. They're attributing this directly to President Biden. They're not wrong. You had a man that said while he was campaigning, this is exactly what he wanted. On day one, he took the steps to make sure that this happened. And now he's saying once he's hearing the belly aching from everyone, he's he's saying, well, I can't do anything. Where was that thought when you changed everything up? Mm -hmm. On day one in office. Now, yesterday in the U.S. House... The House approved a bill that says uh, illegal immigrants who are convicted of drunk driving would be deported. The measure passed 274 to 150, mainly GOP votes, and 59 Democrats voted for this bill that says illegal immigrants convicted of drunk driving would be deported. 150 Democrats in the House voted against this bill. I would love to hear their reasoning. Um, I I haven't seen an article that stated why 150 people would say, oh, no, we have no problem with them being here illegally and we have no problem with them driving under the influence. That's perfectly fine. How how is that reasonable to you? Yeah, unfortunately, this article doesn't quote any of the Democrats who voted no. Explain, please. What is your thinking? on not wanting to deport someone convicted of drunk driving. A serious crime in my book. Absolutely. It has cost many a people their lives. Um, I, I don't understand any time that you've had somebody here illegally. One, I, I don't agree with that premise, first of all. you should that We have paths for you to do it. If you're here illegal, you shouldn't be. 
Second, if you have someone here who's Ill- illegally here, and then on top of that, they go and commit another crime, why is it even a question mm-hmm. as to whether or not you deport? I was under the impression uh, this was already a part of the arsenal of moves that could be made against an illegal immigrant. Deportation upon conviction. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that this needs to be a bill that goes through Congress. Why isn't this already a part of the law? Are, are they just saying, you know, we've got to spell everything out <laughs> so that there is no gray area? Or we are, Have they finally reached, we're tired of the gray areas, let's just I, lay I, it out? I don't know. I, I need to read more on this, but sometimes they have these votes on things to get people on the record... And then they use their vote in the campaign as a campaign weapon, so to speak. I voted for this, so yes. you need to keep me in office. I can keep doing more of this. Yes, or so-and-so voted against this. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? They want to leave convicted drunk drivers in the country, and they're already here illegally. Yeah. That's the commercial they generate. Well, I mean, it is true. <laughs> it is true, yes, yes, 512 Eight three six zero five ninety. Melinda and I also want to get your thoughts on a move by Western Oregon University. They are going to eliminate D's and F's on report cards for their students. This will start in the fall of this year. The rationale is they believe that eliminating D's and F's will no longer deliver that powerful psychological blow that students get when they look at that report card and see that D or that F. They're convinced that those D's and F's are resulting in a high percentage of students dropping out ultimately, not finishing college, not earning their degree. They say the numbers show that in that first year, a pretty significant percentage of freshmen get a D or an F. And it's very discouraging. They end up not going on and completing their degree. So instead of a D or an F, the report card will show an NC. That means no credit. And this will not be factored into their grade point average. Okay. They took information that said 65% of freshmen that got a D or F eventually drop out. And they decided to do with that information. Well, that must mean... They were discouraged by the grade, and we need to say that they don't get a grade if it's a D or an F, and then they'll stay. Did they even bother to ask the 65% of freshman students why they dropped out? I don't see that anywhere in this story. Because I can tell you from experience, a lot of freshman students, they're finding newfound freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, their priorities aren't necessarily in the right order (laughs) as in the school part of it is not their top priority they're finding themselves and they get d's maybe some f's um doesn't mean that they're going to drop out of school my guess is is that there's another reason and it has nothing to do with the grade Mm -hmm. now the leaders of the university say we had uh, all of our faculty take part in this Uh, There's widespread agreement among the faculty. This is the right move. That eliminating D's and F's means we're not sending that psychological signal of failure to the students. 
and uh, it's not going to account on their grade point average. So it gives them hope. It's not the end for them. If they make a D or an F in their freshman year, they're going to have to retake the class if they want to get credit. But they believe ultimately we are going to end up seeing 80% of the freshmen who enroll at our university will go on and earn a degree as a result of this change. What are they going to blame it on when it doesn't happen that way? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, to me, this is just wrong on so many levels. One, I, I don't agree that that's the reason why they're dropping out. But two, we have to stop lowering our expectations of people. Uh, this psychological, to me, if they are really dropping out because they saw an F and they were just discouraged from continuing to try, that doesn't say a lot about the individual. A lot of people would see that F and that would give them the kick in the hiney they need to get motivated and say, that's not going to happen again. Mm -hmm. I see that this has a huge impact on my GPA. I know that if I move forward and get my degree, my GPA may come into play when I'm trying to get the job of my dreams. So I'm going to kick it into high gear and do what I need to do. Some in the world of academia already are criticizing this move. Uh, professor at Seton Hall University in New Jersey, Mark Horowitz, says, I know that the leadership of this college has good intentions. However, I'm very concerned about this. These st students need to learn tenacity, grit, how to overcome failure and difficulties. College is not the only place where they're going to encounter difficulties and challenges in life. They'll face it again in the real world. And he says, I'm, I'm concerned that they're not going to learn those important lessons under this kind of a program. Marty is with us from South Austin. Hi, Marty. Welcome to KLBJ. Hi. I'm interested in what y'all are talking about because being a teacher for 34 years, I've gotten to see the uh, lax policies as far as standards and how they relax their standards and allowed students to take less and less and less responsibility for their choices and their actions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the purpose of school starting very early is to create responsible humans. And also knowing that not all high school students are meant to be college bound. And college was always a way of weeding some out because some don't belong there. And it's also about teaching responsibility and furthering your education and by lowering the standards they're just saying we're going to accept mediocrity at a lower level mm -hmm. marty can you can you hold on for a couple of minutes please okay you, you're making some excellent points here and i don't want to cut you short uh so <laughs> okay. hold on please marty stay right there we'll continue with marty you can weigh in as well 512-836-0590. It's Mark and Melinda, News Radio, KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Great to have you with us. If you're just joining us, we're discussing a move made by Western Oregon University. They are eliminating the letter grades of D and F on student report cards. That will be replaced with NC, no credit. The students will need to retake the class and pass it if they ultimately want to get credit. 
The NC is not part of the calculation for the grade point average. The university says we believe that students no longer will be so discouraged by seeing D's and F's that they'll continue on and ultimately graduate with a degree. Our numbers indicate that a high percentage of freshmen who get a D or an F in that first year do not ultimately graduate with a degree. It's a it's too powerful of a psychological blow to overcome that D or F, and they end up dropping out. Uh, now, Marty is a teacher who was kind enough to hold over, and Marty, you were describing in your career how you have seen the standards and expectations lowered over time. What are, what are the results of that trend? What does it create? It creates stress and anxiety and a lot of mental unrest for our students because, you know, the one thing about kids, they can smell authenticity from miles away, and they know if you're being honest and truthful with them. Students can look at another paper and look and see that their paper is less than or more than someone else's, you know, better or, or not as good. And when teachers are telling them, oh, my God, it's amazing, and they're looking at it going, uh, no, it's not, then they start feeling, you know, like people aren't being honest with them. It creates a lot more stress. So then the psychological starts to happen even at a different level. So now we're putting into play people who are unable to, I guess, be confident in their skills. They're not being told the truth about you need to work on this. You need to improve. You are, you know, C is average. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to take it away so everyone feels, no one feels below average when we do have below average performance. And I don't know about y'all, but you know, you call a doctor that graduates with a C a doctor. I don't want that one doing my surgery personally. No, I'm with you, Marty. No, thank you. I want someone someone who's kind of on top of their game and I don't, I mean, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do that, but I want someone who, I want people to be taken seriously. I want them to be able to speak and talk and spell and write and, and know how to be a a good human, a, a good adult, because your bank is not going to say, oh, sorry, we're going to take that negative balance off because of psychological stress, and we'll just let you think you have money. <laughs> Good point. They're not going to do that. Good point. And what is it teaching them as far as how to work through, if you want to call that adversity, making a, a, a D or F, how to work through that and become better because of it. When you fail, for many of us, that's where we learn and grow the most. Absolutely, because it is through failure that we learn. And if we have no failure, we fail to learn. And so it is the failures that are like, well, hmm, that didn't work. But because we've taken that option away from students early on in school, because no one feels that students need to have their little fifis hurt for whatever reason, then the kids go through and they get to middle school or they get to high school and then they're like, holy cow, I don't know. And they're so stressed out because they can't because they haven't learned the skills because all along people are like, oh, no, you're fine. And they're not fine. Mm-hmm. Is and it- then suicide rates go up, anxiety, mental health, distra- it's, it, it's such a vortex. So is it possible, Marty, that in the case of Western Oregon University, in one sense they are correct, 
that these students are delivered a very powerful negative psychological blow if they see a D or an F on their report card? Well, yeah, because they're not seeing them in regular school because everyone lets them redo everything 20 million times, including tests. When, when I went to school and when y'all went to school, when my daughter went to school, it was like, you got one time to take the test. You didn't get to take it two or three times. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, I've heard, had administrators say, well, you know, they're going to get a second chance for everything. I'm like, no, they're really not. Because when you fail, you have to strategize and plan and figure out and take responsibility, and that empowers you. But when you have other people controlling it and taking that decision away from you, then you are unempowered, and you're now feeling less than. And so it, I, I disagree with it. I think they're, I think they're really uh, failing to consider all aspects of what college really is. Well, and to me, and you, I've seen it on a lot of these texts too, that this is essentially just a money grab by the the university. Yes. Oh, just take Absolutely. the course again at a cost of blah, however yes. much. Yes. Well, and and what I'm hearing in the in the article is that they just want people to graduate with a degree. Yes. Anyone can get a degree, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be productive in society and helping in a community. And so what is the purpose of college? It's, it's social. It's, it's academic. It, it, it is problem solving. It is strategizing. It's like, well, damn, that didn't work. Let's try that again. Let's try something different. It's learning your strengths, your weaknesses. It's building on it. Now they're not having to because their weaknesses are being extinguished for them. They're like, no, 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 just sweep that under and just come on back and give us some more money and you can stay again. And yeah, that's okay. We'll give you a loan and you'll never be able to pay it off. Mm-hmm. Marty, thank you so much for that insight. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate your show. Y'all have a great day. Thanks. Great job, Marty. You too. Thank you, Marty. 512-836-0590. Let's go to Andy in Northwest Austin. Mark and Melinda, welcome. Andy, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, Marty was fantastic. Um, I've got a third point, sorry, uh, to the screener. Too quick. I mean, as a taxpayer with this, yeah, that, I mean, I was already solid. i I'm totally against funding higher education for anyone just on my own tax dollars. Forget that or reimbursing or any of that. Can't handle getting a D or F, you're out. Uh, two, that just makes no sense. I can't believe that the people in charge of higher education, I mean, it's been a known thing that the youth are not prepared for college as it is coming out of high school because we've dumped down the, the uh, you know, uh, expectations in high school. Yes. Like that's, uh, it, we, they've already introduced remedial classes and stuff to adhere to that. So instead of like, yeah, I mean, so their answer is, oh, well, I guess we got to dumb this down as well, because that's clearly going to prepare. And I, and I know, Mark, you already said that some of the other administrators have, you know, gone against that, made that very point. And my final point is this is not a defense of this at all whatsoever. The thing that really stuck to me was that, they're going to give the the NCs versus the uh, the Ds and F, and it won't go you know you know account as a part of your overall GPA. Yes, I actually experienced that, but it's because I personally was a knucklehead and hard headed, and I did continue to fail of my own account, my absolute own fault. One because. I didn't pay attention to the drop dates and drop courses that I knew I couldn't, you know, attend, you know, due to working and whatnot. And I kept racking up 
those Fs. And it did get to a point where that GPA was kind of insurmountable for me to overcome uh, for any given degree plan, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, even in high school, we all know like one zero kills your, you know, kills your overall. And so it, it, I did ended up, I did end up stop going to school. And again, that is not a defense of this at all whatsoever to abate dropouts for your freshman year. Forget you. I should have pulled, sorry, I almost, <laughs> I almost said something wrong. I had to, I had to pull my own head out of the clouds and, and realize what was going on. And I never really did that. And all right, Andy, thank you. you Andy's taking personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. He's owning it. He knows where he went wrong. Well, and he brought up a good point about the drop dates. You're able to withdraw from a class before it has an impact on your GPA. So why is this needed? If you're failing that class or you're not getting it and you know you're not going to pick it up, you can withdraw from that class and it Mm -hmm. doesn't have an impact on your GPA. So why is this needed? John is downtown with Mark and Melinda. Hey, John, welcome. How you doing? Uh, Good afternoon. Um, I I have another aspect with this because I'm going to just bring it right back down to the parents themselves as far as not instilling, you know, responsibility for their, you know, to teach their children, you know, that responsibility is where whatever you do and you know we had we had a child that he uh you know we were both uh, my wife and i were both saying you know we should let him go ahead let's let's not rush him into college right away but you know let's let him get a job let's let him be responsible for that let him you know build things up and uh he, he became uh with our with our help he, he became a so much uh, better person as far as getting out there, understanding what's supposed to go on. And when he uh, tried his hardest to get into UT, he made it. Good. And now he's doing great at UT. And he also, like you were saying, dropping the class, he also had to, uh, he was looking at it and everything. He, had, he took more classes than what he should have. So he had time to drop it because he knew he wasn't going to do that well. And he, and he got his money back. Yeah, that is an option. Mm -hmm. Thank you, John. Glad it's going so well for your family and your son. Thank you. 512-836-0590. It's 543 with Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show, streaming live on the News Radio KLBJ app. Let's go to Trent at 546 on KLBJ. Hello, Trent. How are you? Hey, Mark and Melinda, how y'all? Great, sir. Welcome aboard, Trent. Well, I can tell you this about Western Oregon University. They are a degree mill. Um, they they only care about their bottom line. Um, and if they're losing students because they're hurting feelings with D's and F's, mm-hmm. um, they're just gonna they're gonna lower their standards. If you got a heartbeat, if you can get a student loan, you can get in there. And we want to keep you in as long as we can, whether you're capable or not. They want to keep you in the program and keep getting that government money that you're borrowing at six, seven, eight, nine percent that you're going to pay for for the rest of your life. And then eventually the rest of the taxpayers are going to pay for it. 
Well, and that's the exact oh. reason why I am so against this student loan forgiveness. Because the universities, they know how the system works. They're gaming the yeah. system yeah. At, at our cost. Instead of us yeah, saying, they're... let's get onto these universities and tell them, you know, figure out how we can reduce actual tuition rates and the amount that it costs to go here, we're just going to say, oh, well, you know, don't worry, the taxpayers take care yeah. of it. That's not what they want. They want to keep everybody in as long as they can, sell that, sell that basket weaving degree and all these other useless degrees that they all have now and get as many students as they can enrolled in every college. They all have them except for maybe, you know, the Harvards and whatnot. But um, any of the state colleges, they all have. I mean, I went to UT San Antonio, and then I graduated from Texas Tech, and it was not hard. Like, I grant, I, I played college baseball, and I, I kind of i am worried about this because, you know, what's this going to do to, like, um, you know, eligibility for student-athletes if this gets into other colleges? I was held to a very high standard. And um, as, as, a, as a student athlete, and, you know, a lot of people may think that, oh, you can get this or that. Well, let me tell you something. Those professors don't care, or they didn't care, you know, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. whether I was a baseball player or whatever. They, they held me to a higher standard just because I was an athlete. So I had to you know, make those A's, B's, and C's. Oh, you know, C's, you know, sometimes I made a C. But, you know, D's and F's, sorry, folks, people get them. And I tell you what, if 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 you get a D or F, you got to retake it. And I would imagine, Trent, it, that was a powerful incentive for you, a ball player who wanted to keep playing, to make good yeah. grades. Yeah, yeah, I made my grades. I always stayed eligible. And if if uh, there was ever any any thought that I might have a problem, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to say, hey, look, I, what do I need to do? How can I how can I get better for this next test? And then I'm going to study hard for this next test or whatever it was, paper test, whatever. And I'm going to make sure that I stay eligible for my team. And so that. That whole thing always worked out just because I always worked hard at it. But I, I, this, this to me, is like the tip of the spear for this slippery slope that they're going to create in all of, all of college. And, and it's already started years ago. But um, anyway, that's, that's, that's my point. It's a, it's a money grab. They all want the, they all want the uh, student loan money, and that, that's really all it is. Trent, thank you. Have a great evening. We appreciate it. Uh, You've been seeing a lot of text messages that echo that sentiment. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting here saying, okay, we're not going to give you a grade. We're going to tell you, take the class over. Well, how much does that class cost? And then... You know, don't drop out. You're realizing this isn't for you, but don't drop out. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Eventually, maybe you'll get the hang of it after you owe so much money. Yes. All right. Uh, Emmanuel Ayala hauled packages for the U.S. Postal Service. He carried his Smith & Wesson 9mm with him in a fanny pack. He entered a federal postal facility in Tampa, Florida with his gun in September of 2022. He was subsequently charged with violating federal law and resisting arrest. 
Now a federal judge in Florida has made a ruling on his case, Melinda. Yeah, and she's ruled in favor of him, and she's citing that it was the Supreme Court's decision, I I think it was in, was it 22, I think 2022, uh, when the Supreme Court was talking about um, the carrying of the guns. It was a somewhat different case, but she's using what the Supreme Court decided to say uh, that he has the right to carry this this gun in a public place, even though it's federal building. Yes, that was the uh, case of uh, Bruin versus the state of New York. The New York, yes. U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that any gun control law must be consistent with the nation's founding, dating back to the ratification of the Second Amendment. And there's no historical record to support banning people from having a gun at a post office. And therefore, the judge said the federal government was wrong to arrest this man and charge him. So this will be interesting. Uh, The Justice Department hasn't said whether they would appeal. I would imagine that they would, and this may end up in front of the Supreme Court. But the implications of if it stands is is quite amazing. Yes, and legal experts are weighing in in this article some are saying well the high court has also upheld federal prohibitions against having guns at schools and other federal facilities like courthouses and uh, a post office is a federal facility so they're saying this very well may end up back before the supreme court again well and i thought this statement that the judge made was Interesting. She said at some point when 28% of land in the U.S. is owned by the federal government, that the government's theory would amount to a nullification of the Second Amendment rights altogether. If you're saying you can't have it on federal grounds, if the if the federal government owns everything, then you pretty much can't. You, there goes the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. If they're saying you can't protect yourself on their property. Yeah, that's a that's a key point in her ruling where she made that observation. So that's uh, just coming down out of a federal judge in Florida. We'll keep you up to date on this one. There are a lot of them like this working their way through the federal courts. Also in the news, out of Connecticut, the principal of Brookfield High School says he is disgusted over the reprehensible actions of someone in the boys' restroom at the high school. Uh, This week, they put up a tampon dispenser in the boys' bathroom, and it was torn off the wall 20 minutes after it had been installed. And the principal sent out an email to all of the students expressing his shame and disgust over what happened. Well, it is absolutely wrong to vandalize any property that's not yours. Did they not see this coming? They should have. State lawmakers, by the way, approved a law that requires putting tampon dispensers in all restrooms, including the boys' restrooms in high schools in the state of Connecticut. Well, and the the principal said, to go back to didn't they see this coming, said, I'm aware that the law says men's bathrooms, but actions today were the work of immature boys. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. So why are we making a law that you put that in the boys' bathroom? Yeah, they have to go in the boys' bathroom, the girls, and all gender-neutral facilities in all high schools. 
because there there might be a transgender student who goes into the boys' bathroom who needs it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it is. And on that note, we'll wrap it up for today. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yes. We are here every weekday, live and local, 2 to 6. Mark and Melinda, thank you for joining us. Tiger, Kyle, great job. The news is next. License 26099E. Smart Sense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit smartairaustin.com.